and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Do you feel like you've not been able to make headway in achieving your goals? Or did you start the year pumped, ready to move forward on making things happen and simply lost your way? Things don't need to just get better. They actually can be better. In Design Your Dream Life, I'll show you a proven pathway to take you from where you are now to a life filled with joy, wholeness, success, and fulfillment. I'll give you the keys to not just developing a plan, but taking massive empowered action to make your dreams a reality. Turn roadblocks into stepping stones and leverage the power of gratitude and forgiveness. Let's face it, taking massive empowered action and making your dreams a reality isn't always easy. So I'll be there with you every step of the way. Visit dreamlifetoolkit.com to purchase your copy of Design Your Dream Life, obtain resources and join our free community. Again, that's dreamlifetoolkit.com. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am super excited about our next guest. He is an expert in sales. Like he can teach us how to sell ice to an Eskimo, (laughs) but I can tell you that wasn't always the case for him. I don't really know what you are selling, but if you're selling, you know, friendship bracelets out of your garage, if you're a teacher, you're kind of selling math to your students. If you're in network marketing, direct sales, whatever the case may be, sales, whether we like it or not, is a part of what we do. And so our next guest is going to give us some amazing tips on how to change any negative belief that may be holding us back about the venture of sales into one that's really a catalyst for getting our message out into the world. And after consciously choosing entrepreneurship, our next guest, he realized that his negative beliefs about sales were holding him back. And he decided that this was not going to be a hurdle for him anymore. As an entrepreneur, he was going to work on himself and find a way to sell that felt right to him. And after countless requests from other entrepreneurs and sales professionals who also struggled daily to close more deals, they felt like sales was kind of an icky thing. He decided to teach them to, to relaunch, to revise, to reignite the passion of the probably the most important aspect of business, which is sales. And he has a simple step-by-step easy way to apply all the strategies to close more deals and feel good in the process. So big Dreamcast, welcome to Chris Spurvey. Thank you very much. That was an amazing opening. I wish my wife was listening, then she'd know who she's married to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm excited to talk to you. You've worn lots of hats over the years. You have have several pivots. You've tried lots of things. You've experienced success. But of course, we know with success comes learning experiences. I would love to hear a bit more about where your passion in sales started from. My passion in sales actually started in around the year 2000. I had went through university, followed my friends into the commerce faculty, did what I thought I was supposed to be doing, go to university, uh, find a a career in accounting type of job, sitting behind a desk, collecting a paycheck and so on. So I followed my friends down this path and uh, never really took hold of my own personal leadership at any given point in time up to that time and just found myself miserable, I guess. I just wasn't overly happy feeling... 
fulfilled, you know? And so a friend of mine phoned me up and said, hey, Chris, uh, I'm representing a company that's expanding into Canada. And I'd be interested in you sitting down and looking at this business opportunity with me. And at that point in time, this is roughly the year 2000, I saw an opportunity to jump on a, a horse that was moving throughout Canada. It was a company called Excel Communications in the direct sales network marketing space. And so anyway, I, I decided to give it a go. And I learned so much in that four years. It's crazy how the, the extrapolation of life events and how things roll. But it was roughly in 2000 that I really fell in love with this idea that, you know what, in order for a business to grow and prosper, we need to embrace the image of sales and being of service to our potential clients. So it was roughly then that that took root. You got the bug, huh? Yeah, big time. You know, well, big and I, I love that. It's your story very similar to mine. I did all the quote unquote right things. I got my master's in clinical psych. I got a job. I was off to change the world. And then that wasn't true. Yeah, <laughs> and I was yeah. burned. I was born out. It was, <laughs> it was, you know, you're stuck and you're just kind of in this space where you don't know what else to do. And yeah. I, what I do love about network marketing and direct sales is it, is it can be a way to get your feet wet in entrepreneurship yeah. on the side and kind of build that side hustle. And, yeah. and sales was a skill that maybe as an accountant, you didn't necessarily have to learn, but now you did. So how did yeah. you start your process of learning this? Well, I mean, it started by falling down and picking myself back up, you know, so I did what the book told me to do, which was go out and talk to a bunch of friends and family and neighbors and different things like that. And it just didn't feel right the way uh, the scripted approach and uh, it didn't feel right for myself and my personality. I had to try to find a way to put myself into the process instead of reading a script and trying to do it the way other people told me to do it, right? And so I would get myself into positions where when people said no to me, I would go home and sulk about it and feel bad about it and so on. And, and I, I knew it just wasn't right. So I decided to sit down and just reframe it. And I'm, I became a big believer in this idea that we think in pictures. And if we think in pictures, if we have a picture of sales on the screen of our minds that's negative, it's sleazy, slimy, manipulative, objection fighting, scripted, and so on. If that's the image we have, that's the energy we're going to put out into the world. And that just doesn't resonate with people. So I failed miserably initially. And then what I did is I decided to change the picture. I decided to write a vision of me feeling comfortable, feeling happy, delivering a message to people I talk to, trying to find if there's problems that for me to solve for them that would make them sleep better at night. And the more I read this vision for of myself doing it positively and proactively, the more it took root. And I just noticed, I noticed the market sending me different signals if I did it that way. And uh, so I would pivot around what worked and kind of avoid and not do what didn't work. And so that's how I became, uh, I guess, effective at it and feeling good in the process. Awesome. And so you became, you ended up becoming a top income earner with that company and then gone yeah. on to evolve and grow several other companies. And so this is a skill you've had to not just use in network marketing, but really in every other business you've started. Yeah. Yeah, well, from that point on, sales has been trying to kind of instrumental and central to my whole journey. And I would suggest it's because I like this idea of taking quantum leaps in my life. And if I look back, there's been four or five quantum leaps where I've literally transformed myself positively, not to say there was no struggles, but gotten, you know, leveled up in my life. 
And uh, sales has been a, a massive uh, vehicle to make that happen. So I went on then to be a founder of an IT consulting company. I saw a, an opportunity here in Newfoundland, Canada, where I live to build an IT business, consulting business. And so I jumped on that. And we grew that to a sizable business. And we ended up selling that in 2013 to uh, KPMG. And then I became vice president of sales for KPMG Canada. And what I loved about that role is I had 6,000 consultants across the country who looked to me for advice as to how to go out and grow their own individual books of business. And so I did a lot of traveling and training and so on. What I'll say about the journey from, say, 2000 to 2013 and even today, central to my journey has been helping other people reframe sales uh, and feel good about sales and, and become very consistent in their sales efforts. So, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, I must say. So you are now, I'm, I'm just going to quote you as the sales king. <laughs> Did I say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's been decided because really, I love that. It's not just about the end result. It's really about feeling good about what you're doing and knowing that what you're doing is going to help other people sleep better at night. Yeah. You're solving a problem that they have that they are kind of wrestling to get out of. And it's our duty to help provide that path for them. So what would you say are the two most important ingredients that drive somebody towards or away from success? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Well, the two most important ingredients, in my opinion, every single person listening to this podcast, they have a vision for their lives. And their vision is either a vision that propels you forward or a vision that makes you stay exactly where you are. It's an apathetic vision or it's a vision that actually moves you backwards. There's lots of people out there that uh, you have a spurt of luck in your life and your vision tells you that, you know what, I was lucky. And as a result of that, the market responds. So the market responds to a positive vision, an apathetic vision, and a negative vision and gives you exactly what it is your vision tells you. It might take uh, a month, it might take a year, it might take two years. But the biggest, most important ingredient I have learned from life in terms of moving forward and success, I think it's really important to define success. Uh, you know, I've embraced Earl Nightingale's definition of success being the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And the word vision is an ideal. So if you craft a vision for your life, that's your ideal. And it's success is simply the journey towards that ideal. And you know what? You never really arrive because we all should be revising and refining on an ongoing basis our ideal. So you never arrive, because you're, but you are successful because you're celebrating every day when you go to bed at night, the fact that you're moving towards the ideal. You're making positive steps forward. So ingredient number one is the vision. It's a present tense. Some people put the pictures up on the wall. I don't necessarily do that. I write it out. It's a one pager. It's me and my family living the life we desire to live. And I read it multiple times a day. And I actually do this. I believe after talking to many people, there's a lot of people who prescribe this, but I sort of wonder, are they actually following through? The thing that comes from a positive vision, though, is the second ingredient. And the second ingredient is self-motivation. Self-motivation is essentially a concoction of characteristics. It's being persistent. It's having enthusiasm. It's uh, being having a lot of physical energy. All of these things come from 
a vision for your life that motivates you to act and act powerfully. Uh, so those are the two things that I have learned through experience. And so for every year, I write my rewrite my vision. And even throughout the year, as I'm seeing myself accomplishing certain things, I'll rewrite it as I go. So it's really a script. It's a, just a story uh, of you living the life you desire to be, do, and have. Ooh. Oh my gosh, you're speaking my language. Earl Nightingale is one of my favorites. Oh yeah? And, yeah, he uh, totally is. Yeah, there's so and there's so much material. Sorry if we're digressing here, but someone gave me a copy of Earl Nightingale's Lead the Field. It was cassette tapes. This was back in the early 1990s. I had been exposed to Anthony Robbins' uh, Personal Power 2, and somewhere in Personal Power 2, he references Earl Nightingale, and I went on a journey to try to learn as much about Earl as I could which led me to lead the feel on cassette. You go on Apple Music today and you can listen to a bunch of Earl's stuff for free. So uh, anyone listening, check them out. Ooh, I have not listened to that one. Lead the field. I'm Lead getting that field. today. I yeah. have memorized The Strangest Secret. Pretty oh much. <laughs> my God, that is so awesome. Yes, oh, that's, that's one of amazing. my favorites. Yeah. Um, but I love this idea of vision because you're right. We have the power to picture whatever we want. And so many of us choose, maybe on not on purpose, but we choose the negative visualization, right? We choose what if I get sick? What if I can't pay my bills? What if I lose my job? What if all of this falls apart? What if this is the worst thing ever, right? Mm. And so then we often create that in our world. So tell us how we, like, what are some specific questions we can ask ourselves to paint the picture of success in our minds super clearly? Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, uh, you know, it's really the question is, is what do I really truly desire to be, do and have uh, in my life? And the key to this is to recognize that we can only take the first step. Right. And so it's like we're driving in, a, in fog and we can only see as far as where our headlights can, can go. Right. And so we take the first step to where the fog hits us or we, we can't see any further. We take that first step. The next step becomes clearer, you know? And so by painting the picture of what we would like to be, do, and have, we take steps on a daily basis. The one thing I highly recommend everyone listening do is write out a want list, write out a list of goals that they would have. And so what I do every year as we're heading into a new year is I write out 30 wants, 30 things that I want to be, do, or have. And I write them out, I free form, I just uh, go crazy on paper. And then what I do is I take that 30 and I put them in buckets, uh, A, B, and C, prioritize them based on A, B, and C. And then what I do is I go into each of the buckets. And so usually you have 10 in each bucket and I rate and rank them from one to 10 in each bucket. So I have my A1 goal, obviously, is my top priority goal. And I have learned that if you focus pretty well exclusively on your A1 goal, magically, most of the other goals kind of fall into place, right? And so what I do is I write a vision primarily around the A1, A2 goals. And that's how I try to attract into my life as much as I want to be, do, and have. So I don't know if hopefully that answers your question. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is something that you can redo again. Like I, like you said, you do this every single year where yeah. you really sit down and allow things to bubble up and just kind of brain dump on a piece of paper and then really say, all right, well, what, what's the most important now? What can I put in my calendar? What maybe I need to ask for help with? And when you put the focus on the 
top priority, it domino effects and impacts the rest of Big your life. Big time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all about decision, right? I mean, if we decide that A1 goal is what we're going to attract into our lives, you know, and you decide it. What I suggest people do is you can get a really good sense of what your decisions and what your commitments to your life is by looking back at the last three months of your calendar and your bank statement. So if you look back at your bank statement and your calendar for the last three months, it will tell you what your real priorities are. If you're trying to become a successful entrepreneur, Look back at your last three months of calendar and bank statements and kind of have a, it'll give you a sense of, is it really a priority? Uh, are you following through on the necessary actions? And it's usually a pretty objective view into what you're attracting into your life. It really is because you can say whatever you want, but actions yeah. speak louder than words. Absolutely. And you'll be able to really see if you're putting, you know, action behind what you say you want. If you take a look at those two things. So how does help having a strong vision about what you want help with sales? I recommend an integral theme throughout your vision is the serving of the clients that you've decided to serve, right? And so written in throughout, uh, so my vision, and I'd be happy to read it to you if you like, but my vision is when I read it, it has me in the Rockies in Canada where I live, which is our mountains on the west side of uh, Canada. I'm speaking at an international convention. That afternoon, I'm spending a few hours uh, with my online tribe, which is the people who I've uh, attracted into me that, that really hang on what I say and, and what I like to uh, share with the marketplace. And also written into my vision is a few discovery conversations with prospective new clients. And so that afternoon in my vision, I've got some time allocated where I'm going to be talking to a couple of new people who've asked to have a conversation about how I can help them achieve their goals. And so really, you write into the vision, you having those conversations, attracting those types of people into your life. And when you're reading it, you've got no other choice but to feel good uh, about it. And lo and behold, I guarantee you, if you stay committed to this journey, you'll find yourself in conversation just like you've painted in the vision. Mm. And, yeah. you know, I think it's really powerful to note that a personal vision doesn't necessarily always mean just retired on the beach doing nothing mm. because no. that's not going to fulfill us. It's not. There's work, there's people, there's travel, there's business. There, All of this is woven into our woven. ideal day because yeah. that brings us like it kind of lights our fire. It's fun. When you're adding value to the world, you feel on purpose and you feel yeah. good about what you're doing. So part of the vision isn't just like retirement and doing nothing because at the no. end of the day, that gets bored. So the part of the vision is a successful thriving business that's impacting people and allowing them to sleep better at night. Yeah, that's 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 critical. I, I, I think you, you nailed it. Uh, that's the message that I'm trying to share. It's, you know, your vision is you uh, in positive momentum, uh, helping and serving other people, bringing your best gifts and strengths to the world and helping these people. And, and that's what we're here for. Right. Uh, I don't believe I'll I mean, I'll never retire as such. I mean, I'll always be bringing my best self to the market. So that's what you want to be writing into the vision. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so then you need to know who your client is. You need to know who you're serving. Tell us how uh, new entrepreneurs can really get a good sense of this. 
the best way to get a sense of who your ideal client is, I always, I believe strongly that we are at any given point in time best equipped to serve people who are where we were three, four, five, seven, ten years prior, right? So, uh, for me, as an example, uh, in my sales consulting business, my best clients on the consulting side are people who are building uh, consulting companies, the owners of those companies who are building consulting companies. Because I know from my experiences, the ups and downs uh, of building a consulting business. On my In my coaching business, the best people are people who were struggling in sales because I was there and, I have, and I'm still there, right? I mean, it's not like we've got it all figured out either. Uh, some of the best stuff is when we're genuine and authentic and we're, we're sharing with our clients the ups and downs of, of trying to be successful because I don't like personally, the uh, I, I think you called me sales king. And I think actually my one sheet refers to me as a sales expert. I actually hate the word expert. I shouldn't say that. What I would say is I best serve people when I, because I've made all the mistakes in the book and I help people not make some of the same mistakes that I've made because I've been there and done that, right? Uh, so a lot of my message is about I fall down and pick myself up, back up and share the story uh, as I go along so that people can learn in the process. So who's our best clients? It's people who are where uh, we were a few months or years or, or decades before, right? So think back and uh, try to characterize that individual and just talk to them. Yeah. What did you need two, three years ago, 10 years ago? Yeah. Why are you where you are? And what were the things that helped keep you going? And what support do you wish you had that exactly. you that would have helped you get there faster? Or you can kind of put yourself back in your old shoes and say, who was that person? What did I need? And then talk to them. Yeah, kind exactly. Of their language again. Yeah, well, you're doing it. I mean, you're doing a phenomenal job of it. I mean, you you created a phenomenal brand about helping, as I understand it, helping uh, moms stay at home and uh, grow a business of their dreams, right? And you've done that, and and now you're out there helping people do that. So uh, you know, you've been there, done yeah. that. And so all you got to do is think through the eyes of your ideal client, which you were at one point in time. Yeah, that's so true. And I really do love the idea. I feel like I learn and teach, learn and teach, learn and teach. And so yeah. there's no element of like, oh, I've got to figure it out. It's like, oh my gosh, guess what? I just figured out. Like, <laughs> it's so exciting because <laughs> this other thing didn't work, but this thing did work and I never have to tell everyone. And I feel yeah. like when you're on this growth journey, there's never that finish line. We can certainly enjoy the process and all of that, but that's what keeps you so excited because you're trying new things and you're figuring it out and then you get to share yeah. what you learn. I think it was Earl Nightingale who said you're either growing or you're dying, right? Yeah. Uh, because time moves, time moves whether we are growing or not. Uh, so if we're not growing in the advancement of time, we're actually dying because we're getting older. So it's a commitment to lifelong growth is what I would say we need to embrace and it needs to be in our visions. Absolutely. Okay. So tell us what is something that somebody can do if they're in a slump? You know, they're saying, I'm doing all the things. I'm doing everything in quotes, right? I'm trying and nothing's working. If they're feeling in a funk, what would you yeah. say to help them break out? What I would suggest is I, I have a sort of a process that I personally followed uh, when I feel down about my efforts. And you, one could argue it applies to life in general, right? But as it particularly uh, pertains to sales, uh, you know, we all have past successes that we have had. And 
so for me, uh, I go to bed every single night and I spend just a couple of minutes. Uh, I have a, a, a bedtime routine and I have a waking up routine. But in the bedtime routine, I celebrate some small wins that I have uh, on any on every particular day. I mean, you, you can't go to bed at night and not have at least one thing you can be grateful for and celebrate one thing, right? So what I would suggest you do is on an ongoing basis, be all uh, practice this attitude of gratitude and celebrate small wins. Really, the big wins are a result. They're usually a series of small wins uh, that lead to the big win. So, and big wins don't come every day. So we should get in the habit of finding small things to celebrate. But if you're in the habit of celebrating those small wins, then the first step that I recommend anyone listening, if you feel like you're caught into in a sales slump, is you want to start your day by reliving your past successes on the screen of your mind. I said earlier that you think in pictures. Uh, when I say the word refrigerator, your mind likely travels right through the walls of your house. And on the screen of your mind is a picture of your refrigerator. Same as your car. I say the word car, you're picturing your car on the screen of your mind. So the first step, relive past successes on the screen of your mind. So put together that little inventory of past successes uh, where, you know, in situations in, when you felt like you were the underdog, you likely rose up a little bit and you made a sale despite, you know, the various things that lay in front of you, right? The second step that I recommend people do when they're caught in the sales slump is to relax, take time out in between kind of client interactions and discussions, take time out and relax and relive these types of past experiences. For me, as I'm visiting a client, I'll always go a few extra minutes early. I'll likely park in a parking spot uh, away from the building I have to go in or the house I have to go in, depending on what I'm selling. And I will uh, relax a little bit, let my uh, my mind kind of take over, visualize some things and positive experiences, positive interactions. Visualize yourself walking into the house or the building uh, where you're about to meet somebody and having a smooth conversation that's uh, that's that doesn't have tightness. And the more you visualize that, the more it'll actually come true. The other thing I recommend, sort of step three, is do something certain to start your day that'll reinforce a more of a positive self-image. So what does that mean? Well, maybe you have a, a couple of clients where things are going extremely well right now. Why not phone them up the, at, at the start of your day to have a conversation with them about how things are going? you're likely going to get some positive feedback. So find ways to start your day where you can reinforce uh, more of a positive self-image. And the other thing I recommend is sort of step four is we all have these mental factors. We have our sensory factories, which are, uh, you know, see, smell, taste, touch, and so on. But we also have mental faculties, which are far more powerful. They're our intuition, our uh, perception, our memory, and so on. So one of the most important one that I try to leverage is our faculty of reason. Our faculty of reason is uh, essentially if we have something that's after happening to us, we can reason why it was a positive thing, and we can also reason why it was a negative thing. I choose to go to positive route, try to find a framing of what's happened to us that's positive. How can we reframe past sales non-successes as um, positive things, right? So use your mental faculty of reason. I guess fundamental to that would be realizing that, you know what, not everyone is your perfect customer. 
why do you even want everyone to be your customer to begin with? Uh, we only want people who want us. So reason with yourself around uh, why certain people are and certain people are not your, uh, your customer. And then the last step is take action. I mean, you know, nothing comes to us without uh, action. Uh, so every day, build into your routine, taking positive, productive action. For me, business development time is something you had to schedule. So I recommend every Monday morning, you can choose whenever you want, but Monday morning between 8 and 10 o'clock, you can disrupt me. I'm in business development mode. I'm setting up my calendar for the upcoming week, doing my outbound emails and my phone calls and so on. And uh, my thought is if you schedule it, and every Monday morning, you have that in your schedule, you will never suffer from a lack of uh, business because uh, you just got to schedule. And because the first thing that falls off your schedule is business development and sales, uh, if you allow it to. So anyway, long-winded answer, uh, but hopefully a bit of a uh, bit of insight for you. Yeah, absolutely. I wrote all of those down. And if you guys didn't, then go back and listen to it again, because these okay. five steps are things that are going to help you when you're feeling that discouragement. And what I hear you saying is oftentimes that discouragement is when we're like staring at the tree instead of the whole forest. Yeah. And, um, when people come to me and say, I'm doing everything. Why is it not working? Uh, one question I ask them, well, tell me one thing that is working because right. even though there's probably 10 things that maybe didn't work or knows or, you know, whatever, there's still something that is working. And that's where I love your past successes and relaxing and like, opening your eyes up to see the whole big picture. Yeah. Because when we're so in the zone of negativity, we often miss what is working and what's working well. And then I have one little story that connects with the idea of visualization that you mentioned because I have a book launching tomorrow. And, yeah. and honestly, so you guys, this episode is going to come out after the book is launched. So you've been on this journey with me. The book is launching a year after I expected it. So there were certainly lots of my own glass ceilings I had to break through and hurdles and we had to redo it and I had to find a new designer and blah, 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 blah. But it's finally here. And I remember I was, I was sharing some of the story with my team and I thought, I'm starting to freak out because what if, what if? And one of the girls came back to me and she said, Denise, I'm going to give you your, the assignment you always give us. Write out the perfect book launch like the exactly what you want, write out exactly what you want, what would be the best case scenario. And in that moment, I thought, well, that's a good idea. And I listened to my own advice. And I started writing down the best case scenario. What is it that I like, what would be so cool if this happened in regards to this specific book launch, and my emotion started to follow, you know, so instead of the negative rabbit trail, that's easy to go down, my emotion started to follow. And now my eyes are only seeing that. And I feel like what you're describing here is like, it works every single time if we take the time to actually do it. Yeah, and time is important. All doesn't happen in one day or in one week. The framework, I should note, the framework that you, phenomenal book, uh, you may have heard of it, Maxwell Maltz uh, wrote a book called Psycho-Cybernetics, and it's an outstanding book. Uh, Maxwell Maltz was a, uh, a plastic surgeon, and uh, he took notice that people came to him with a self-image of a large nose or big ears or whatever, and even if he fixed the ears and the nose, 
it didn't actually change the person. So what he went on is a journey then uh, around how actually we as as human beings, we're like a heat-seeking missile in that we go right after what it is our target is. So the vision is the target. And the motivation and the energy behind all of this is actually the self-motivation and so on. But I want to mention that uh, because the, the framework I outlined about breaking out of a sales slump was something I built based on uh, his book, Psycho-Cybernetics. It's an outstanding book. Ooh, I'm going to have to look that up. That sounds so interesting to me because you're a heat-seeking missile. I love that. Your vision, <laughs> but then the emotion and the excitement and the energy behind it is like yeah. propelling out of you. So exactly. that's why we say it's like, it, it's good to know what you want, but really you need to believe it and you have to have that heart, head heart connection. So you, I always, I call it like Care Bear Stare, you know, where we're like beaming out of us what it is we really that. want because then it comes back. Yeah, that's outstanding. The oh, Care Bear so Stare. Yeah. So who else have you learned from? I'd, I'd love to hear who are some of your mentors right now. You know, a lot of my mentors, uh, I would say, are people who I actually don't know personally. They are people who, but, but it's like I can go into my mind and have a conversation with them because uh, I have studied their work so in depth. Like, I feel like I am on the same frequency as Earl Nightingale. I feel like I'm on the same frequency as a guy by the name of Bob Proctor, who uh, is a phenomenal individual. He's in his mid-80s now, and uh, I set it as a goal. I've actually went to a seminar, uh, but I've never talked to Bob one-on-one, uh, uh, -on -one, but I, I'm, I'm going to attract that into my life at some point in the near future. Uh, Napoleon Hill, who wrote the book Thinking Grow Rich, is a phenomenal uh, person who I'd love to have a conversation with. But so... I go on the screen of my mind and I feel like I have conversations with these individuals because I know their work so uh, well, right? I'm a big believer in going deep uh, with particular authors and pieces of work and so on. There's so much opportunity out there to spread ourselves so uh, uh, across so many different thought leaders and so on. I like to go back to some of the earliest works. Another guy that just popped in my head is Wallace D. Waddles. Wallace D. Waddles wrote the book, The Science of Getting Rich, uh, which is a phenomenal uh, work, uh, piece of work that the, the movie The Secret was actually uh, created. Uh, from right, I mentioned before we hit record uh, Richard Brook in the in the area of network marketing and direct sales, uh, an author by the name of Richard Brook who wrote the book Mach Two with Your Hair on Fire uh, is a phenomenal individual to check out as well. Um, another book that just popped in the into my mind, uh, which was one of the early when I joined direct sales and was really struggling, a guy by the name of John Milton Fogg. Uh, who wrote the book, The Greatest Networker. John Milton Fogg and that, the book, The Greatest Networker, is actually what inspired me to write my book. I said to myself after reading that book, you know what, if I ever make it, make it uh, from the perspective of sales and I really start to create traction, I'm going to write a book. And I'm going to write a book that's a narrative, which is a story, uh, because I love stories, because they have, stories can truly change the images that we have on the screen of our minds. So I wrote a book uh, called It's Time to Sell, and it's a narrative. It's my narrative of becoming happy and comfortable and confident in sales. Ooh, and where yeah. can we get your book? Yeah, go to my website, chrisspervy.com. Uh, maybe I'll spell my last name, S-P-U-R-V-E-Y.com. And you can actually get a free copy, uh, an uh, e-book an e copy. Or you can go on Amazon and uh, so on. I've actually done really well with my book. I self-published it. 
because at the time when I wrote the book, I never had anyone who would be interested in publishing it. But it turned out to be the most lucrative thing for me. I've sold over 140,000 copies. And because it's self-published, I get a massive margin on that. So again, reframing the positive. Am I a published author? No. But you know what? I'm actually doing quite well financially as a result of that. And thankfully, because of the success of that book now, my second book, which is being written, will be a published piece of work. So that's kind of cool. Right. Awesome. Awesome. Oh. Congratulations. So it's time to sell you guys. Go to his website, chrispervy.com. And you know what? When successful people give us something that we can learn from and grow from, and they're offering it to us for free, we need to take advantage of it. So go to his website and check out, or you can join the list and then also download the ebook version. I, I love what you mentioned about the identity piece. Yeah. You shift your identity, everything shifts too. And so when we're talking about sales, it's not about the script. It's about the internal feeling about what we're sharing and the identity surrounding it. And when you shift that, everything that flows out of you will be different. Yeah. Become a product of your own product. Embrace whatever it is you're selling and make sure you you believe in it. And if you don't believe in it, make sure you find a company or uh, a business, uh, depending on what you're doing. Uh, make sure you find one that actually does do, do believe in it. So uh, because belief is at its core, uh, it's, it's what propels us forward. So I really recommend that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom and your free ebook with us today. We'll definitely have to check that out. Let's see, you're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and then your website, chrisburvy.com. You guys, all the links will be in the show notes below. But my last question for you, Chris, is what is one thing you do every day that you can't live without? Walking my dogs. That's what pops in my head. Uh, I have two golden retrievers. One is 12. Uh, her name is Sophie. And my four-year-old golden retriever is Jack. And I walk in nature every single morning. Rain or shine, sleet or sunshine, snow. I don't know if the word sleet even means anything to people who don't live in Newfoundland where I live. We're out in the <laughs> middle of- I live in Michigan. We have sleet too. <laughs> okay. We're out in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So we get four seasons in one day, many days. Uh, so, uh, But I walk for 45 minutes um, every day. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm on track this year. To, uh, every year, uh, I set new goals for walking distances. Uh, so last year, I walked 4,500 kilometers, which is, I guess, 3,000 miles, I guess, maybe, uh, with my two dogs. And so I do that every single day, no matter what. Uh, and it's a, it's a great opportunity to be in nature, collect your thoughts. I solve some of my biggest problems when I'm out with the, the two dogs walking in nature. Yes, with no... Um distractions no no headsets i don't wear uh, i don't listen to anything i just have me and my dogs and uh, my own thoughts Ooh, yeah. guys try that leave your phone at home go for a walk and really see what healing ideas creativity and solutions can pop into your mind and heart when you do yeah. that and then act when you get back act because um and i'll run upstairs and go right to my computer and because uh, i'm feeling inspired to do something it's usually most of the times, it's reach out to somebody. I have a saying, I'll share it with people listening as maybe my, my last thing. We are at any given point in time, one conversation away from a breakthrough. So be always on the uh, lookout for new people to get to know and relationships to create and go for coffees, meet people, share people with people who you are and business will flow forward from that. Ooh, awesome, awesome. All right, you guys, well, check out his website, get that book, and um, let's continue to connect with Chris. Thank you so much again for your time today. Oh, you're welcome. It was amazing. Your energy is awesome. 
so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big.